0: The Jericho Network on Westwood One.
1: All right, that metal show is a VH1 staple. After 14 seasons, it still continues on. And I've got all three hosts today, Eddie Trunk, Don Jameson, Jim Florentine. That's right. All three together are going to talk all things heavy metal and heavy rock and roll. We actually recorded this interview on their set in New York City the night when myself and Rich Ward guested on the show and what a night it was. It was a few months ago, but still a great, great time and a great conversation. We talked about everything from their very first episode to their favorite guests on TMS uh, to some of the biggest names in rock who refuse to do the show. You're also going to hear some great rock and roll stories about Axl Rose, Guns and Roses, Kiss, Iron Maiden and Rush. It's a cool behind the scenes look at that metal show. And if you want a real behind the scenes look at how DDP Yoga works and how Diamond Dallas Pages program is literally saving lives, then check out Eric Thacker's video and pictures at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. All right. I've told you what DDP Yoga has done for me. And now you can see someone else's story. And this is legit. If you got a, a DDP Yoga success story of your own, I want to hear about it. And I want you to tweet me your story at Talk is Jericho and use the hashtag, hashtag podcast one podcast O N E. One lucky winner is going to get a copy of the DDP yoga program signed by the man, the guru, the Jedi himself, Diamond Dallas Page. So tweet your DDP yoga stories to at Talk is Jericho. And let's get back to Eric Thacker's amazing story. The brief version is his wife uh, actually emailed me because Eric listens to this podcast. She wanted me to know how great Eric is doing, that the weight is still off, and that he's living an amazing life. She also thanked DDP and DDP yoga for saving her husband, okay? And the reason why is that Eric was very, very unhappy healthy, tipping the scales at a whopping 448 pounds. I mean, that's huge. His doctor basically told him if he didn't do something about it, he was going to die. All right. And Eric started DDP yoga after one month on Dallas's amazing program. He had lost 30 pounds. Okay. After two months, he was down 55 pounds. How great is that? By the third month, Eric had changed his diet to healthy whole foods. And at the end of his first year on the program had lost 185 pounds. Okay, that's the size of an adult male, a good size adult male. He lost that in weight. Not only changed his life. He reclaimed it. He owns his life now. you got to see the video and pictures. You can check that out at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. It's incredible. DDP Yoga has helped tens of thousands of people. And if you're one of them, let me know. Tweet your DDP Yoga story to at Talk is Jericho. Use the hashtag podcast1, that's podcast O-N-E, and you could win a copy of the DDP Yoga program autographed by Diamond Dallas Page himself. That's right. Just tweet me your DDP Yoga story at Talk is Jericho. Use the hashtag. Hashtag podcast one for your chance to win an autographed DDP yoga program. A winner will be chosen at random. You still got time to experience your own DDP yoga story. Talk about an amazing Christmas gift because DDP yoga is what he's going to do to help you have a good Christmas, a healthy Christmas, a, uh, a getting in shape Christmas. He's going to give you guys, the sexy beast listeners of Talk is Jericho, a great deal on DDP yoga. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho to take advantage of it now. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. DDP Yoga changes lives. It can change yours. Check it out today.
2: Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is
1: Jericho. Hello. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride, because it's Friday. And let's kick off the weekend. It's Star Wars Day with Unstoppable by Fozzie right here on TIJ. Stop baby it's star wars day it's that metal show day a monumental day the the birthday of keith richards today happy birthday to keith my close personal friend who i met once and talked to for 15 minutes but i'll never ever forget that experience and uh thanks to all of you first off for listening to the show today and for subscribing to talk is jericho on itunes subscribing is the way to go all right you get the episodes delivered to the device of your choice as soon as they're released helps me out in the process you know why it also helps me out if you give me a five-star rating and a comment you know why the bigger the show gets the more tracking and the more traction it gets on iTunes the bigger guests I can get all right you want me to get Jaleel White Urkel from Family Matters all right uh, start uh, rocking those iTunes five-star ratings and comments okay go hit up iTunes subscribe to talk is Jericho give us some killer comments five-star rating make it happen and I will deliver Jaleel White straight to you all right it's been a busy week okay last Last week, I had the honor, first off, uh, if you've been following me on Instagram, uh, Chris Jericho Fozzi, you saw that I was on stage at the Whiskey uh, jamming with a, an amazing all-star band, which I'll tell you about, and that was all at Lemmy's 70th birthday party which was, uh, first of all, a huge honor to be invited to it. Uh, also for Lemmy, who's been nothing but great to me. He was on Talk as Jericho last year, about this time. If you haven't heard the show, go back and check it out. He was an amazing interview, such a cool guy. Always been great to me, always been great to Fozzie. Motorhead is a, a great organization, very classy. So when I got the invite, I, I couldn't wait to go and hang out with Lem and pay my respects to him, 70 years old. I don't know anybody else who's 70 besides my dad. I think maybe, Vince, <laughs> Norm, a couple of guys that are in their 70s. but um, and, and a part of the reason why I went is I was also not only invited to the party itself, but also invited to take part in the uh, all-star jam that was happening. And my uh, assignment, if you will, if I chose to take it, was given to me by Matt Sorum, who was the drummer of Guns N' Roses and Velvet Revolver, who said uh, he was kind of the musical director. And he sent me an email and asked if I would like to be a part of it. And I was like, wow, I mean, that's a pretty big honor. What song do you want me to do? And he said, how about Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers by ZZ Top? If you haven't heard it, go check it out. It's a great killer, just a rock and jam and tune. And the band was, it was me and Whitfield Crane from Ugly Kid Joe. We kind of trade off the vocals, which is how the song goes. The original uh, Billy Gibbons and Dusty Hill trade off the vocals. So we had me and Whit on vocals, then Slash on guitar, which was amazing, of course. Jamming with Slash. Robert Trujillo from Metallica on bass guitar. Charlie Benanti from Anthrax on drums and Scott Ian from Anthrax on rhythm guitar. Now, not to mention the fact that all those guys, with the exception of WIT, are Talk is Jericho alumni, but also all of them on stage. And I was like, man, I'm the only guy in this group that does not have a platinum record. So there you go. And that's also why it was such a huge honor to be there and to sing with those guys. And it wasn't like there was a huge gang of, of other people involved. Earlier in the night, Zach Wilde played with Matt Sorum and Blasco, a couple Sabbath tunes. Um, Billy Idol sang a tune with Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. Sebastian Bach was there. Duff McKagan, Steve Vai played a song. Doug Pinnock from King's X. Bob Kulick. Was playing so it wasn't like there was a whole lot of people that was about it so to have my uh my my rocking ass in there singing with those dudes was just a moment I'll never forget you got to go on Instagram and just check out the clips of course nobody that I know filmed it nobody took pictures so I had to go online and find them so if anybody was there at the whiskey for Lemmy 70th and took some rocking pictures of me and slashing the guys jamming beer drinkers and hellraisers please post those at talk is Jericho so I can check them out video clips anything else like that you think that I would have it all down and, and, and pictures taken and all that stuff but no I wasn't smart enough to do that but Cool to be uh, around that rock and roll royalty. Like I said, Billy Idol was there. Lars was there, Lars Ulrich, who I'm trying to get on this podcast. He already said he's going to do it, but he said he'll do it when the new Metallica record comes out. And I said, so when, 2020? And he's like, yeah, sometime around then. So once again, great to be um, part of that. Lemmy was there. It was actually funny. I had this really cool video clip that someone had put together, kind of a tribute to Lemmy at 70, and he was reading a book during it. <laughs> Tell me, Lemmy cares about any of this stuff? <laughs> oh yeah, Gilby Clark was there too. Very, very cool guy. Never met him. The entire uh, lineup of Guns and Roses was there, with the exception of axel The entire Use Your Illusion lineup, I should say. So, um yeah, and this is a rock and roll show. Such a rock and roll night, and here we are now, finally, the 2016. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees have been announced. Motorhead should be in there. Lemmy should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, let's be honest with that. I mean, there's nobody more rock and roll than him. Uh, but, so, but one good thing is, Lemmy it wasn't even nominated. Hopefully, Motorhead will be nominated for an upcoming time. But now, for me, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as I've said on this show, and a lot of you have been tweeting me saying that, that you're holding me responsible for Deep Purple, finally getting inducted holding me responsible in a good way that my influence somehow had something to do with it but i think it was more on the lines of the fact that it's about time that deep purple finally got in because if you look and i've said this for years that one of the three biggest omissions were rush kiss and deep purple and over the last few years all those bands have gone in okay so deep purple is finally in which is great and they're in with a, almost the entire lineup of the band which is cool uh, Glenn Hughes, David Coverdale, whole different, uh, there's about 10 guys going in. Once again, pisses me off that Bruce Kulik and Eric Carr did not go in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when Kiss was inducted. They should be in there. It's a travesty that they aren't. But anyways, the fact that all those guys from Deep Purple are in is cool. And then also Cheap Trick going in is also amazing, which I'm very happy about. And I think what's happening now and I was talking to Paul Stanley about this is now that there's more rock bands like Rush and Kiss and Metallica and Sabbath. A little known thing is, is when you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, you're now are allowed to vote. And the more kind of those 70s and 80s rock bands that go in, the more 70s, 80s rock bands will continue to go in. So the fact that this year that Cheap Trick and Deep Purple are going in, it's a hell of a bill, along with Steve Miller Band, which is cool. Uh, NWA, which I think is very poignant right now, and the Hall of Fame always wants to put somebody in there for street cred. And, of course, I think they should go in. I mean, why not, right? And then um, I think the other band that's going in is uh, Chicago, which if you don't know Chicago, they've been around for 40 years as well. They're probably going to kill it. They might be the best band of the evening that night, you know. And also, too, you're talking about Deep Purple. Who's going to show up? Will Richie Blackmore show up? The elusive, evasive Richie Blackmore, who's basically disappeared for rock and, from rock and roll for the last 25 years. Now he's finally doing some rock shows this summer. they kind of a rainbow reunion. Uh, not a reunion because it's all new guys, but a Richie Blackmore rainbow appearance. Will he show up at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't know. I do know this. Me and Wise Cousin Chad will be there for the third year in a row, uh, especially after last year meeting Paul McCartney, hearing Yoko Ono pee. If you haven't heard that story, go back and listen to it on one of the episodes. It's a great, great story. I might have to tell it again at some point. But um, my my point is, and I know Eddie Trunk, who we're going to be talking to in a little bit here, even though this is recorded before the announcement, he was mad because it took so long to get these bands in here. The blooms off the roast. To me, it's never too late. And thank goodness they're finally in. Rushes in, Kisses in, Deep Purple's in, and I would have even thrown Cheap Trick in there as a band that like, come on. Now, there's a couple of the bands from the 70s that still need to go in, like Journey. I think Thin Lizzy should go. I think Ted Nugent, musically and uh, longevity wise, should go. He probably won't because of his politics. And then we start getting into the 80s, all right, which you know. Uh, I mean, Iron Maiden, Scorpions, Judas Priest, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, those type of bands should be going in there as well. And I think you'll see more of those bands going in. Because now Paul Stanley's voting. And now, you know, Lars Ulrich is voting. And now Ozzy Osbourne is voting. And pretty soon, you know, this year you get Rick Nielsen is going to be doing it. And Robin Zander is going to be doing it. So we're getting more and more people involved that will bring in more rock and roll bands into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I'm very excited. That Deep Purple is getting in. I'm also very excited to see who's going to show up. David Coverdale, Talk is Jericho alumni, inducted with Deep Purple. He was in Deep Purple for years, replaced Ian Gillen. Um, so we've got a lot of different things of what's going to happen and where are the uh, where are the uh, winds going to blow? Shall we say for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? But there's always great, great. Uh, controversy and always great uh, anticipation over who's going to get in but this year finally Deep Purple got in and actually to be honest with you I did not think Cheap Trick was going to get in I thought Yes might get in or the cars so I'm very happy this year and I'm really excited Betsy Hill from Rolling Stone magazine going to hook up me and Wise Cousin Chad we will be there to rock it and we will give you an on-the-spot report okay and I'm also going to give you an on-the-spot report about Star Wars on Monday I'm going tonight with the Irving kids I'm going to do a review with the kids going to air that next week. So we a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Most importantly, coming up today, it's the entire uh, cast, the hosts, the panel of that metal show. Eddie Trunk, Don Jameson,
0: and Jim Florentine are going to be here before we get to the boys. Do you want a beautiful lawn?
1: All right, we are back here uh, at the That Metal Show Studios, the private studios, the compound. I'm going to (laughs) say it was built specifically for this show. And the reason why I say that is this is my third appearance here. And I think the first time was at some little studio down in the Bowery uh, somewhere. And I'm here with the three hosts, of course, my old friend Eddie Trunk, and Don Jameson, and Jim Florentine, and they're all looking through their sheets and
3: paying zero attention to what I'm doing because they got a show today. No, because well, you got—we know set up. You got to set it up at your podcast, <laughs> yeah. so we're, we're going to jump in when you're done. Talk a little beers. intro, yeah. yeah.
4: And they didn't build this for us. The studio's actually been here. This is where um, Bill Cosby actually raped—I mean, taped—the Cosby Show years ago.
3: And if you've ever and seen, I, I just found a leftover drink. You want some, Chris?
5: Yeah. If you've ever I took a seen, sip, a little woozy. Yeah. if you've ever seen the high-profile, high-quality TV production that we put on <laughs> on a weekly basis, you understand that we need this high level of prep and these sort of surroundings. We're very high-maintenance people. We need this sort of uh, these trappings to make this work. Like, this is, machine doesn't work without you, this fruit plate, Jericho. You, this is a fancy fruit plate.
1: But can you guys believe that it's been 14 years that you had? Uh, with a metal show on mainstream national TV in the year 2015.
5: Did you no. say 14 years? No, Season. it's 14 seasons. Oh. That, that's, Cana- that's years in Canadian, though.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: No, listen, I mean, it's been amazing. I mean, uh, it's amazing to think that uh, we've been doing this for seven years and and averaging about two two seasons a year, and uh, we're just lucky and grateful to be doing it. I, I think back uh, that I've been on this channel since 2002, which is nuts. 13 years working with these people. I can't believe they're not sick of me by now, but uh, it's been great, and this show is obviously just – They keep- are, but get-
4: we're the only show on the network, so yeah. they got to deal with you.
5: This, this show just keeps getting bigger and bigger, not only in America, but around the world as well. It's crazy. And that is kind of the case. Like,
1: there's not a lot of uh, of other shows on VH1 Classic, like original The mic cord that. is in
5: the fruit plate. <laughs> Hold it on. Right,
1: right through the uh, the ranch dressing. No, I
5: cannot eat the red pepper now. Damn it. <laughs> Do you know where that mic cord has been? <laughs> yeah, I bet. Holy you evening. know where that fruit's
1: been?
4: We <laughs> <laughs> put that fruit plate out yesterday morning. Yeah.
5: Well, since you just had Gene Simmons yeah. and Paul Stanley, it could have been anywhere, for that uh, matter. Oh, hello. Hey. Hey, they're rock and rollers, man. You but never know what goes when, on.
1: When you're talking about, uh, like you mentioned, the VH1 Classic and, and how you can't believe it's been 14 seasons, it's funny how we go back to the genesis of this show. And I'd like to sort of think that the idea or one of the thoughts came from the stupid metal summits that we used to do years ago where you just have three or four guys sitting around talking about useless trivia. We remember
5: we used to call it the meaning of the mindless. That was part of it. We did the metal summit stuff. The truth is that I was pushing a show like this, as I said, I started back in '02 with this network, And back then, the way things were, if people saw those old interviews and I did interviews with so many people if people saw those old interviews. They were very scripted, they were very rigid. I had to dress a certain way. I had to talk a certain way. It was very controlled. And I used to always say, you know, guys, you know, sort of I'd- like
3: Eddie's marriage.
2: Yeah, his wife, yeah. Way, his, wife dress him. his
3: wife his lay, wife lays his uh, outfit <laughs> out every day. Like the son it's right next to his sons and his daughters every morning. Just yeah. three outfits. An outfit, Their which T-shirt underwear. I'm wearing that day? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Which black T-shirt? Which, you which, which concert day? T-shirt? I slept one time, it's like Eddie, which UFO shirt you want to wear today?
1: I went. And, I went to the wardrobe room today. Your wardrobe room. It's fifteen hangers of all black T-shirts yeah. and black jackets.
5: <laughs> no stylist needed here. Yeah,
4: it's all interchangeable.
5: But the truth is, is back then I would always keep pushing them to try to do something that was a little bit more real, a little bit more in line with how I really talked interviewed people and stuff like that so they had always kept putting me off and put me off because we the channel was a completely different thing and run by different people then so you know when this came around a lot of elements came into it too i mean uh, honestly one of the demos that i did that Chris I, is
3: looking
4: for a percentage? Is what's going on here? Well, so. actually,
5: one of the things too, royalties. one yeah. of have like, most of the fruit plate, he,
3: he wants you to slip up. So yeah, he's going to hold us in yeah. court. He's gonna, Why I, do you think I, he's recording this? Yeah.
5: The the point is though is that the point is though that there was a lot of I a lot of ground ground laid for a show like this elements of my radio show elements of the things we did um honestly um a friend of ours uh, jim brewer i used to do stuff with him on his radio show and that's where stump the trunk came from so there's a lot of a lot of stuff that all fed into this but when the three of us got together and the network saw the incredible engaging charming sexy people that the three of us are they had no choice but to do a tv show with us so
1: definitely sexy too how did oh, you guys God. get involved uh, Don and Jim we know trunk has been doing this for for 30 odd years and looks every year of it well, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you, be, be, be honest I mean being a you know a metal fan and a comedian and a comic fan you guys were based mostly out of New York You had a couple of things but this has kind of really helped jumpstart your career in a whole different way
3: yeah um, you know me and Don would do stand-up gigs Eddie had his radio show in New York Friday nights his metal show from 11 to 2. And uh, we'd be driving home from gigs and listen to the music he's playing. We're like, man, we we like the same shit. How do we not know this guy? And then we met him at a, at a concert. He blew us off, you know, because we we're doing. They always say the that and didn't, we didn't have breasts. breasts. Yeah, I didn't have a rush shirt on or a UFO yeah. shirt, so. Y and T. Yeah, I was wearing a black Sabbath shirt with Ozzy in it, and he's like, he couldn't talk to me. Yeah, right. deal yeah. And then I had a Kiss jacket on with you know the, the new guys in it, and he was like, forget it, I'm not talking to you, dude. <laughs> the
1: first, the first time I met him, he blew me off too at like some Hard Rock uh, party, and they took me there with Megaforce Records, Missy Caluzzo, and Eddie totally blew me off. So
5: Missy Calazzo, Col- <laughs> <Missy> Col- <laughs> yeah. you're really good friends over there, Caluzzo. She's kind of name. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they say it there. as well, she- you can see, that all three of these guys are just shoveling nothing but BS right now. <laughs> Because they can't even pronounce what they're saying right. <laughs> By the way,
4: shout out to Kick Thank you,
1: Canadians finest. We finally got the the Kick Axe yeah. shout Red out. Pins, baby. Headpins, baby. You don't know how many people from Winnipeg go tell Lady Trunk to play more Kick Axe. Brent Fitz, Todd Kearns, yeah. all the guys from Slash's band. I they heard,
5: say I got call. I got calls last night. A guy from Canada. He's like, you don't play enough Canadian stuff. Where's Where's the headpins? Where's the Kick Axe? Where's the Santers? I'm like, Look, what? Is, April Wine.
3: I just I just want to bang Lee Aaron.
5: Wow! Yeah. Even now, she's still yeah, hot.
3: Absolutely, has, yeah, I saw a recent picture of her.
1: But Darby Mills, the singer of the Headpins, not so hot for anybody who knows who the Headpins are. Okay. So so, and so, so how so did you guys anybody, get involved? So then
3: we meet at Eddie at a show, and he says, "Hey, you guys are comics. Come on up on the show. You know, to, we'll talk music or whatever like that." So we just went up there, you know, on one of his radio shows, and we just started rapping. And he's like, hey, "I'm going to go, you know, pitch a show to VH1. I got some connections over there." He goes, "He goes, we can't call up that Jericho show, which we want to." Yeah. So we're gonna have it's to call a real <laughs> stick it up my ass. <laughs> so we'll call it that metal jelly.
5: The, re- the thing is is that what happened was is because the network because the network was so used to seeing me work for them under the confines of what the previous regime wanted. In other words, very rigid, very controlled, very serious, they didn't think that I could laugh. They didn't think that I could bust balls and, and take it and dish it out and have fun. I certainly could. I wasn't allowed to. I literally had to read word for word from a script. So when they talked to me about the show, they said, well, we want you to do this show, but we need you to have a couple guys out there. Do you know any sort of guys that would bust balls that could be, you know, comics and have some, bring something light to the table? And I was like, of course I do. Most importantly, not only do I know guys like that, because again, these guys started we'd become friends, but I said, I also, what was really important to me was, Yes, they can provide that, but they are also truly fans of the music as well, because I just didn't want somebody to be just be a goofster out there with me and just, you know, rattle the cage. I wanted somebody that actually could speak the language and had an appreciation of the music, because at the end of the day, no matter how much ball busting we do, it's important that, that people know we know and love and care about the music. And the artist. It's amazing too.
1: Like all throughout high school, and even now, here we are in our forties and whatever old you're. You're like fifty-two or something drunk or whatever it is.
5: Whoa, whoa, God. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Florentine and I are the same age. I love how, <laughs> th- a 30-year radio vest got his mouth full of food.
2: I'm
4: multitasking. <laughs> spinning out raspberry seeds.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, it's funny, though. Since we were kids, doesn't matter where you're from or who you are. When you meet other kids or other dudes that like metal, you're instantly friends. And I'm not just talking, yeah, I love ACDC. I mean, I'm talking about we're having a kick conversation or we can talk about Halloween or UFO or, you know, whoever that comes to mind. It's it's like a secret society That brings you uh make you make
3: friends instantly. Now, my son's four and a half and he's in school and he wants to be in a band and he's uh, he just tells the kids in class uh, you want to be in a band like Slipknot with me? What about you like Audio Slave and these kids are like what are you talking about? They, and he's like uh, no one's into that music I go like, well, you'll find somebody Sooner or later gonna t- Yeah but he yeah. hasn't found them yet he's going to totally bomb with them when he when he finally does yeah. but he's in there talking like, Do you uh, Lamb of God Do you like Lamb of God to another four year old they're like, like no, you,
4: no, like, no, no yeah. Zane left One Direction <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's what, yeah, what you're talking about
3: yeah.
1: exactly
5: but it's
4: true it's like you know when when we heard Eddie talking about bands like Saxon and Accept and, you know, the deeper bands, like you said, not just ACDC Metallica, but the deeper stuff. be Like, man, you know, mm. that's that's like us, you know. And, you know, I remember you texted me one night and we were texting Saxon lyrics back and forth. And I'm like, where are you? And you're like, I'm in Scotland. I'm like, we're texting Saxon lyrics Back and forth internationally,
1: overseas. I'm spending two fifty a text to yeah. give you the lyrics of Crusader <laughs> right. and it's you know three in the morning where you are. What am I what are we doing here, right?
4: right. But that's but it's exactly what you Just you're let me
5: rock, dude. Just yeah. let me rock. Exactly.
1: But I mean, and so, so, what was it like when you guys first came to VH1 Classic with this idea? I mean, did they come to you, Eddie? Did you did you go to them? And I'm sure at first that when you were saying we want to talk about Saxon or talk about Y&T, they're like, absolutely not. Nobody no, knows those bands or cares about those bands.
5: It never it ne- the 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 bands themselves were never never really part of the discussion. I mean, I mean the the, the suits would they say who the hell is Saxon? Why? No, because we because they knew enough to know. Again, I had five years of history with them. Mm. I knew them. We knew each other very well. So they knew what I was about. They also knew when they first hired me in '02. they hired me because they knew of my radio show. And they knew that I was already, at that point in '02. I had a radio show for almost 20 years and, and, and a, a lot of years in New York already. So they knew I knew all that stuff, and they weren't worried about that. They were just more worried about the one thing they didn't want. See, the show I originally talked to them about, was a lot more in line with like an inside the actor studio for music. Mm-hmm. Something I'd still love to do one day, but a much more of a straight comprehensive one hour straight interview with a live audience. That's how the live audience came into this show mm. because I wanted that was kind of the initial initial idea they didn't want they liked elements of the idea but they didn't like the seriousness of that cuz immediately they just thought James Lipton and the guy sitting there all stuffy doing the interview right. and that's what they didn't want so that's when the idea came about okay we'll develop this but we need we want a couple uh, another person out there to to mix it up with you as far as hosts and then that's when i said okay i've got some ideas and we w- we went through a process and then i called these guys and I said, "Listen, I, I've been chipping away at this idea. I need send in your demos and uh, send me something that you can send me." And it's a funny story that I say in the live show all the time. But one of the demos that I used is that Don and Jim were doing a video series called "Meet the Creeps" that they they were doing hidden camera stuff. And there was a demo of Don taking. Uh, I know you don't. To, I don't. You have a no curse thing on your podcast. One thing as well. Okay, so a, a dump. Okay, right. In the upper level of a toilet bowl. And that was uh, doing old, upper an upper decker. In a hotel room. And with a G- hidden camera.
4: Yeah, with Jim egging me on. <laughs> on camera. Yeah, on camera.
3: Is that called an upper decker? Yes, it is. Decker, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was an upper decker. Yeah, I t- I took one first. And then had the guy come to the hotel room, and he he's like, what's going on? Because when you take an upper deck, every time you flush the bowl, little pieces go down into the water. So he can't figure out what's going on. Finally, he lifts the lid, and he sees something. What well, we did in there, he goes, change rooms. I, I don't know what went on here. Something bad happened. So as soon as we go in the other room, Don takes an upper decker, and I call the front desk. I go, something's wrong with this toilet, and that's am He flushes square. it. It
4: comes out brown, and the hilarity ensues.
3: <laughs> right, <Whackiness laughs> But ensues. that's
4: the best demo tape that we have, so that's what we submitted. <laughs> I was like, that's the best we got, man. Yeah, so, you know, if, uh, if you're into this kind of humor, where are you Actually, guys?
1: it's funny. I-, I was at Download a couple years ago when we played with Metallica, and I was talking to Hetfield. And he said, "We somehow we got on bad service at hotels. And he goes, you know what I used to do in the, in the old days when we had bad service in a hotel? He goes, I'd take a dump in one of the chest of drawers and close it. And he goes, nobody ever uses the chest of drawers in a hotel room. Never. So after you know a couple of days, this ungodly smell would come out, and they couldn't figure out where it was coming from, and they'd have to shut down the room and fumigate and all that stuff. And he said, "I'd be laughing. Oh, ha, 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 I got my revenge." So this is kind of a,
3: a, another yeah, step. Yeah, pretty of this. much. Yeah, taking up our decker. and so, so,
4: yeah, but we stay at like Red Roof Inn, which smell like <laughs> crap anyway. So unless they're one of your sponsors, then they're the best. Yeah,
5: so. so, so what happened was though that this whole thing started to come together, and then, then for how, <laughs> however. However, it was possible. However, it happened. I I got them. See, there's a much bigger backstory to all this. It was way too much to get into. But I, I had a let's just say I had a really really fight, like to fight incredibly hard to get this show on. I'll tell you. I mean, it's a story for another day. But I had to really fight because there was a lot of in, internal stuff I went through to and had to keep fighting and pushing and pushing. Finally, when I got the meeting,
4: that's the spirit of metal.
5: And I was able to bring Don Jim into to that version of the show at that time and got the meeting then they met don and jim and i think that what they picked up on immediately in that hour meeting was the chemistry between the three of us the fact that because we had all been friends that them coming up and doing my radio show so often because i always had a very like open door policy on my radio show a guy like you you know who i only knew who at the time only knew as a wrestler yeah come on up come on the show Uh, Jim, uh, so many comics, so many people that I knew, if they were into metal, come on the show, on the radio show. So it was always an open door like that. And um, because we had already had this history together and this friendship – Th- and we knew each other so well I think they really picked up on that in that meeting and they said okay we're going to at least take this to a pilot because and you know these guys were busting my balls in the meeting and they, uh, they uh, you know as comics we've it.
4: been in these pilot meetings a hundred times sure I was ask you they that. never go anywhere let's just
5: say it was very loose the attitude yeah. in this one well
4: yeah we used to dress up and go into these meetings to try to impress people and nothing ever came of it so after a while you just start going who cares just put on jeans and t-shirts and go into the meeting and just be silly because nothing else is working oh, weren't interested like about asking us trivia about Wasp
1: they just like yeah, yeah, the chemistry just between the chemistry between us. yeah and you guys like you said you've been working together for a while doing the meet the creeps and I know you did the. I think you did crank anchors together as well so you kind of had this alliance already for a few years before this yeah and you know
3: Chris just meeting metalheads on the road like you were saying before it does, it's almost like your best friends the first right. 10 minutes yeah
2: Right you could just back. relate
3: to everything. And so, you know, when they saw, we didn't know Eddie that long, maybe a year, year and a half, but as soon as we got in there, you just knew the chemistry was right there. Just from bonding with metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking about metal. Bonding
1: with metal. Yeah. This should
3: be an album title. Bonded with metal.
1: Who was I like that? I mean, who else
4: has an angel thermos? <laughs> Come That's on, great. angel, hell, of a, angel band hell of a band
1: thermos, and actually, you don't have. I'm your almost r-
4: fifty years old, and I have an angel thermos, and
1: we're actually happy about it and excited <laughs> yeah. about it. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. who was on the uh, on, on the pilot? Like, I'm sure having an important guest would you'd want to? Lita kind of show Ford, you yeah,
3: it was, and no one heard. Of, you know, Lita basically retired for like 14, 15 years. She was out of the business, and she, Eddie uh, contacted her, and she wanted to make her comeback, and she was our pilot episode.
5: Yeah, that was a big part of it. That was. Because remember, of course, nobody had ever seen this show, nobody heard of it that entire first season, because we shot everything before, before anything aired. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, used to shoot the whole pretty thing much, a yeah, weeks, yeah, pretty much. So I really thought that it was important. This is not a knock on anybody, but I didn't want our first show, this pilot, that we didn't know if it was going to get picked up and ever go anywhere. But I, I wanted the best swing, and I'm like, I don't want it to be a guest that people have seen a million times on Behind the Musics and all the Talking head shows on VH1. I want somebody to say, oh, wow, I really like that person, whatever happened to them, and Lita fit that bill perfectly. She had just come back out of, started doing things, making music again. She was living on an island for 15 years. I had had her on my radio show. So one of the great um, things that I can bring to this show behind the scenes is my decades of sure, your contacts. contacts and comfort zone with these artists, so that I can cut through a lot of the BS sometime and say, "Hey, can you help and do me a favor?" And in that mm-hmm. first season, Lita uh, Rush did our first season. Wow, I so mean, that's huge. Like to me, like, and I'll do respect to Lita. Obviously, she's oh well, like, way
1: huger. Yeah. But when you're talking about like who's going to be an eye catcher, you see Rush. That tells me this thing is. Legit. And I
5: got to tell you, the way that came about, very simply, I had done maybe. F- at the, the what I was telling you about the old VH1 classic, I did maybe three interviews with Rush at that studio. I had him on my radio show three times already at that point. I did two jobs for them directly. So I actually felt comfortable enough to call up to their office in Canada, tell them what was going on, and say, Guys, can you do me a solid? I'm trying to get this thing off. Will you come in? And to their credit, they flew in and out from Toronto same day on their own dime. I'll never forget, it was Canadian Thanksgiving, which I didn't even know you guys had your own Thanksgiving. It was the day after their (laughs) Canadian Thanksgiving. They came in and out, Getty and Alex and... uh, you know, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, in that first season, we had Ace Freely on. I mean, I called in all That's my favors. Right. You know, I had yeah. all all the guys that I knew and that I had a good history with. They all stepped up. And a lot of the credit goes to them, too, for, for believing in the show and giving it a shot.
4: Yeah, I was glad that Lita was the first guest because I, I figured we would go nowhere past the first episode. <laughs> so at yeah. least I get to meet Lita, you know, who was the object of my fantasies. <laughs> I'd done na- naughty things to myself many times to her, that great video, um, I Remember You.
1: Oh, yeah. That's no, 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 uh, that was Sebastian. Oh, oh, well, whatever. Look what the catcher I did.
4: Well, yeah,
1: no, 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 which
4: one was it? (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, cool, meet Lita Ford, that'll be awesome, and then
5: our careers will be over in TV, and (laughs) that'll be it. See, we did that show not knowing if it was ever going to air. It's a pilot, it's a pilot. We didn't know if it was ever going to get picked up, but the way they do their deals here at VH1 is you have to do a contract that, as is is written out as if it's going to go, as if it is going to get picked up. In other words, you don't do a contract just for the pilot. You do it for like three right. seasons, right? So all I could keep thinking is, if this show didn't get picked up, I'm sitting here with just nothing but a big fat legal bill for my lawyer <laughs> that just spent a couple of weeks doing a deal for, I don't know if this is going to happen. But I walked away from the pilot. I don't know how you guys felt, but I walked out of it feeling pretty good. I knew the executives, I knew the history, I knew that if they went to that level, unless we really fell on our face in that show, we would live to see another day, and obviously we've lived to see 14 14. seasons in County. We were
3: actually picked up for two seasons before our first season, season even aired after the pilot episode we're doing one and they already picked up a second one which gives you some confidence to know you have some room to play with
4: yeah right and they they haven't let us have that confidence since <laughs> cuz the end of every you season you never
1: know for sure if it's coming back never, or not they, you, right? they have
4: options but the option is always to the network now yeah, obviously man. they've been great to us and kept they've kept picking us up but you know the end of every season is almost like the end of like a first date it's like yeah yeah, yeah. Wow, so I had a lot of fun. Hope yeah, to see we, you again. we did too. Yeah, maybe we'll do this again. Yeah, maybe. I'll give you a call. Yeah, <laughs> sure, please. Call I, I hope you call.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's, it's an amazing sex, and you're like, wow, I can't believe that happened on the first date. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't know if she's going to call Why would she call me? Yeah. You know, and you're waiting and you're waiting, and then, you know, a month later, she's like, I I lost my phone, I swear, but I tracked your number down through Facebook. I'm and like, then, All right, I guess I believe it. All right, I'm back in. I hope it's true. Beautiful.
5: And then the other thing that happens in yeah. the down. Was just thinking about you. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah me too. Yeah.
4: yeah.
5: And, then, and then the other thing that happens in the downtime between seasons is the three of us go through this roller coaster of emotions for six to eight months yeah. where we're each texting each other which guy thinks we're dead we're never coming yeah. back <laughs> the other guy is saying we're dude we're totally coming back everything's fine like we each take turns one guy's doom and gloom the other <laughs> guys we're going to come back one the guy's other the guy, guy is different. i'm not sure so you just for six months between seasons you'll see this series of text messages between the three of us about what our potential future is, not only on that metal show, but in, <laughs> in entertainment, life, in life, show in, general. in general. Like, yeah, what are we going to do with ourselves?
0: Do you want a beautiful lawn?
1: All right, let's get back to that metal show. Eddie Trunk, Don Jameson, and Jim Florentine. Was there some guests at first or some people that you called like in the first couple seasons that was like, uh, we're not interested that now, once the show has such a name value, are calling you to get on the show? That the guests have said they're not yeah, interested? Yeah, like, you know, like in the early days, like, for example, you've had Steve Harris, uh, you know, you've had Lars on, you've had like some really heavy hitters. When you called that management or called those people at first, were they kind of waiting to see how it would be, if it would grow? or had?
5: No, I didn't get a sense of that. Again, I, I had a huge advantage because of my relationship with these guys. They already knew it wasn't some stranger calling. They already knew, and they were already all doing my radio shows and stuff. That if I'm, and again, they already knew I was on the channel. I a lot of these artists, especially in those first few seasons, I did maybe two, three interviews with for this channel, at the previous version before that metal show. So there was a total comfort zone. They they knew it was legitimate. They knew that. It was a new show. They knew I was already working there. Um, it's more, and it's a, tr- a problem we have to this day that people don't understand. The biggest obstacle we have is that most artists want to time their appearance with the release of a new product. We mentioned Iron Maiden. We both know Rod Smallwood. I love him. Great guy, he's a friend but very protective and and very calculated on when he wants to do things. So the reason why I finally got Steve after asking 100 times is because at that time Steve put out that British Lion thing.
1: Same when you had Adrian, he did Psycho.
5: Adrian, the The Psycho psycho Motel motel reissue. Right, right. But for us, that works, that mentality works if you're Letterman or Leno or even doing a weekly show 50 weeks out of a year. We work twelve, maybe the most twenty weeks a year, Mm -hmm. so you can't line it all up. And that's my biggest thing: I have to sell these guys like, don't sit and wait, because the window might go come and go. You can't line it up exactly, you know. So that's really the biggest obstacle is getting people to understand how we work.
1: Eddie, I was going to ask not to interrupt you, Don, but no,
5: I'm just I can't can't
4: stop staring at Jim's green drink. It looks (laughs) like he's drinking a cup of algae. Look (laughs) at that! that?
1: It's a cup of baby poop, I think. Uh, like I was old sponge I was gonna That's ask beautiful. you guys you know you guys are obviously huge metal fans as, as am I Eddie's been doing this for a long time and, and like, as we mentioned had the contacts and had friendships and relationships was there some guests that came on the show for you guys that you were super excited like you mentioned Lita earlier people that you didn't know that you're like oh my god today's gonna be hard to not just be a super fanboy
3: oh yeah Manson was definitely one Tom Morello was one mm-hmm. um Bill Ward I Geezer when Ronnie James Dio came on wow um yeah, is it who else? Yeah, you well, know, I mean, Steve we have, Harris. Yeah, absolutely. We
4: haven't. We had no contacts, so <laughs> for the most part, we were meeting most of these guys for the first time. When the
1: drummer from Faster Pussycat shows up, you're you're impressed. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but yeah, and even, like Bill Ward, one of the craziest times I remember is we were filming in L. A. And I walked out of the dressing room, and Bill's just standing by himself in the hallway, and I walk out the door, and he goes, "Oh, hello, Don. How you doing, mate?" And like that, that was the first thing that blew my whole mind out because I'm like, "Why does?" The drummer from Black Sabbath <laughs> even know my name, right? Right? right. Now, how does he know by my face that I'm done? Di- forget it. Like that just killed me right there. And you know, it's guys like him, Alice Cooper,
3: and Halford. I, mean, I remember Halford coming on yeah. too. Yeah. I was a big fan of the show, like, oh my, because I never met Halford before either. Yeah. That was see, a big one. See, that's
1: the cool thing when, when when people, and that's the power of television. You know, when when people see you on TV and become fans of you, because, like I said, if you're in a metal band or a rock and roll fan, there's one show to watch for our style of music. You know, uh, but this is not the same thing. But I, the, when I, I did the Golden Gods one year and Geezer Butler was there, same as you guys, super nervous. Hey, Geezer, I'm Chris Jericho. And he goes, oh, I've been watching you on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. And I was like, cool. He goes, I even voted for you, too. I was like, ah! Really? He's a brother nice. voted for me on Dancing with the Stars. But because he knew this guy from TV, all that I've heard, he's a metal guy. Same with you guys. So now you're getting recognized by people that you admire because they're re- admiring what you're doing as
5: well. Which you know, nice. one of the one of the things, though, that tells me that this show is really growing, something really important. You're right. Metal fans, of course, now anywhere we go, rock metal fans know us going to a concert or whatever and that's we kind of get that we know that but what's really really cool and really important is when people i hear from a lot of people that say to me things like not even into that kind of music but i like watching the show people will think that i will take offense to that no way that's actually the best thing we can hear because it means we're growing beyond just the natural audience for this show just a couple weeks ago you know we do we go out and do live gigs the three of us together and we're coming back from uh, Virginia and we were all driving together. We stopped at a rest stop and we walked through the rest stop, and like three, four people in the rest stop that don't even, wouldn't even, you'd never think would be a metal fan, just a guy waiting to get a coffee or something, yelled out, yo, that metal show, guys, or something like that. That's kind of, right. that's like, okay, now this is getting to another level. But you touched on something earlier that is really important to note, too. We are the big fish in a very small pond. You know that is important because you talked about how well we're kind of the only show, the only fish in the pond. Yeah. yeah, well, there's other stuff on the channel, but we're we're the bread and butter. Like we're they produce this show for the channel. We're yeah. the only thing they produce internally, so it's helped to, you know, the, us. We can carry the flag for the networks to some degree. Well, and you guys have
1: also become kind of like the. I was going to say the Three Stooges, like might be more apropos, but like the Three Musketeers of metal. Like you are kind of like the 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 everyman fan that people relate to. Like you guys are doing, like I said, you've got your own show that you you two around. I mean, when there's a, a rush DVD, you got, you're doing the interview for it. You know, you, you're hosting the golden gods last year. You've become kind of like the faces of what used to be a rock radio. DJ is now like the rock TV for, for for heavy metal in a lot of ways.
4: Yeah, well, or or as Paul Stanley called us, the Wayne's World,
1: which by the way is hilarious. Which I'm we not, all thought was hilarious.
4: hysterical. Yeah. And and in fact, we wish we were Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah. Cuz yeah. we'd wear fancier t-shirts and <laughs> yeah. we'd have, be in
5: HD. Have we'd, a better budget. Well, the Kiss fans watch this show probably more than anything.
1: There are certain certain guests that won't do this show. And I'm sure I'm sure probably at this point it's Kiss, it's
5: it's just Gene and Aussie. Paul. Gene's told me privately and publicly more than one time, he has no issue with me. He, expe- he respects everybody's opinions. Uh, he watches the show. He, has, he must have told me three times, I have no issue with you, I have no issue with you. So I said, well, why don't you come do the show then? And he said, maybe I will someday. Don and I are enormous KISS fans, always have been, always will be. Do we like every single thing they've ever done? No. But would we come here and still do a respectful interview and get into discussions and debates? Absolutely. Um, I've said many times, the best guests are the people that come and mix it up and debate and discuss and don't take it all too seriously. So our door is open to everybody. And unfortunately, Paul, who was always my favorite member of KISS, You know, just runs from it as opposed to just coming down and let's sit and talk about it. The last time I ever talked to the guy, he did an art show by my house in Jersey, and I swear to God, I looked him right in the eye, and I said, dude, can we please go in that back office and sit down for five minutes eye-to-eye, man-to-man, face-to-face, and tell me what the issue is. Let's clear the air on this because the other problem, Chris, is you well know, being a very public figure yourself and a celebrity yourself, you know that what really happens is the Internet takes a comment like, Hey Chris, I don't like that shirt you're wearing today, and that gets put through the internet machine and comes out the other side of as Eddie Trunk just said. Chris Jericho should eat crap and die. But yeah, you know what I, I'm saying? I, I like the shirt. Well, thank I just you. I, you I want you to I know. appreciate. But you. Know. but you know what I'm saying? Stuff yes, gets taken out of context, well, of course, magnified, absolutely. blown up. It's it's I'm sorry for Eddie dissing you. Our I apologize. Thanks, guys. So this yeah. is the cool
1: side of the table over yeah, here. Obviously, is, but that's the thing. You're very outspoken when, when you talk, and you you come from a fan standpoint. But you also is there other people that won't that won't do the Ozzy? Because of Sharon. And what's the real Uh, issue
5: with that? Well, I can only think that it's, um, and again, it's on me, and I stamp, listen, it's very important to note that the three of us, when we started doing this show in the beginning, we all sat down. And got saddled with Eddie's baggage. And I think...
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: You're painted with the same brush now. See, Ozzy was my idol. He's like, look, I'm going to burn that bridge for you. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Don
5: is saying, Paul, I've got nothing Without to do with Without my baggage, thing. you wouldn't be sitting here, so don't worry about I it. I was the star child, like
4: 13 Halloweens in a row. Hey, and listen. The dream is dead. Two,
5: two guys out of <laughs> no, 2,000 is not a bad ratio yeah, when you think about right. it. Okay? But we all sat down and we said to ourselves, it's really important that we do a show where we're honest. Let's have the same conversation on camera that we would have if we were sitting around at a bar talking. And I think that's a huge part of why this show is successful. I'm going to say, no, I don't like Cookie Monster stuff. Don's going to say he does. You know, Jim's going to say, I like this. I'm going to say, no, I don't like that. People aren't used to seeing that so much in in media especially. So we do that, and unfortunately some artists can't handle that. Most can. Most respect it. Because they know that they're going to at least get a straight, fair shake on it. So that was a really important thing. And again, I love Ozzy. I love Sabbath. I love some of Ozzy's solo stuff. But I'm also honest about things. And I love getting the stories out from the guys who are the underdogs or underappreciated or who have had others rewrite their history. So I'm going to say Bob Daisley wrote ozzy songs and lyrics and played bass on everything up through no more tears by the way i'm sorry if that ruffles some people the wrong way but it's the truth so am i supposed to lie or rewrite somebody else's history no i'm never going to do that um i'm going to have jakey lee on my show and he's going to talk about how he wrote bark at the moon but couldn't get credited and couldn't get money so if you have a problem with it come on and give your side of the story I can't get tied up in that stuff. Mm. I like everybody having a platform to present their side of things.
4: Yeah, I mean, honesty definitely is the best policy. Um, I don't really like your shirt. I was lying before.
1: It's
5: <laughs> and I can see why because it looks like every shirt in
1: the wardrobe room. It's a black T-shirt. It's time for another black Maybe T-shirt. Maybe I got to put a stamp of like you know Chris, Dave and Manic- qu- on there or <laughs> yeah. something. You guys will like it. Chris, real quick. Shanker. <laughs> real,
5: quick topic, I'm import- uh, real quick on this topic because it's important. Michael, sorry. It's important. Real quick on this topic because it's important. The guys who are on the other side of that fence deserve all the credit in the world. I'll give you a great example. Lars Ulrich, guy who you can goof about the Lou Reed record with, his drumming. drumming, When Death Magnetic came out, and I say it and I stand behind it to this day, I said on this show and on my radio show, love the record. The sound quality is garbage. It's distorted. It's overproduced. He didn't run from it. He didn't shut me out. You know what he did? He shot a segment with me for this show backstage at their show in Newark and discussed it with me and had a laugh about it. You know, that's all you can ask for. Because
1: he's in Metallica. He knows it really doesn't matter.
5: Yeah, but the other two guys are in Kiss and <laughs> Ozzy. You know? I see
1: your point. But let, let's talk about some of the, the, your favorite guests that you've had. I mean, there must have been some guys with some hilarious moments. I mean, the one that comes to mind, and I even asked him about it when I interviewed him for my podcast, was Ace and the Smoking Flute. Oh, it's classic. I mean, there's been classic stories like that that have happened quite often. Don, who's, who's some of your favorite guests?
4: Well, the guy who's always great, you know, comedic fodder for us is Stephen Adler. You know, he's just always has come down. His uh, endless quest to stump the trunk has been yeah. well documented.
1: He popped out of a birthday cake. Yeah, popping down.
4: out of a birthday cake. For uh, Eddie's birthday was just one of the most spectacular things ever because we didn't know it was coming. Steven Adler and, of
5: all people, right? And not only
4: did he pop out of the cake, he brought back the CD he won under false pretenses from Stump to Trunk like a year before. He told
5: him he was wrong when he was yeah. right or whatever. And he brought yeah, it back
4: right. still in the wrapper. He hadn't opened it because he felt guilty that he won it under false pretenses. <laughs> I always
5: say this all the time. We, that's when we were shooting in LA, and I'm like, it was my birthday, it was a big day, and instead of getting like Megan Fox or somebody to pop out of a yeah, cake, I-, I got Stephen Adler. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, with the same hair that he had in 1987. Yeah,
4: yeah. then we went to the Rainbow, and Eddie drank a lot of Jack Daniels and put forks over his eyes like the Blackout Albums. Wow, that's rare. that's rare.
1: That's <laughs> rare. The only other time I've ever seen Trunk drink is when I took him to a go-go bar on his 40th birthday.
5: Jim, that was almost 15 oh, the, years ago. Was that Lookers?
1: Yeah, Lookers in New Jersey. That's right, Elizabeth oh, right by the airport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I know. It Used place to be a great well. place. Have great strippers there. I don't know why. Yeah, I
3: know. It took a yeah. turn for the
5: worse. <laughs> Jim jumped right in. Yeah, oh, Lookers. Place. Yeah, I know. I got an account there. <laughs> that place is amazing.
3: I, I left a lot
4: of pairs of underwear in the bathroom <laughs> there.
3: Whenever you come home from a concert from the Meadowlands, you always stop at Lookers on the way home. <laughs> That's right there. <laughs> a yeah, pops right by, by the airport. Yeah, yeah. yeah a couple well, yeah, yeah, pops, lap dance. Yeah, when you want a steak at the diner next door. Yeah, when you when you went to a Rush show and it was two chicks out of twenty thousand people. <laughs> you got to see some so you start, Let's <laughs> yeah, go to strip club. Yeah. I got to get these.
1: Dude, last time stuff. I went to a rush show in Atlanta, there was this gorgeous chick that I used to know that was a Hawaiian Tropic model and she had a Rush tattoo. I'm like, you might be the only hot chick ever in the history of anything to have a Rush tattoo.
3: She probably dated a guy named Rush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rush she's Limbaugh. A Rush Limbaugh fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. I, I love when Frankie Bellows on the show because he's such a ball buster and we're really good friends with him. He's known Eddie for 30 yeah. years or whatever. But it's like, you don't even have to prepare. It's just like, every, you're just going to go at each other and yeah. nobody takes it personally. You know, you, there's no line. Frankie calls Don si- Sideburns. He tells Sideburns this said a <laughs> Yeah. idiot, that son of a bitch. You it, know? it
4: never ends, you know. Uh, Ted Nugent, you know, that all you got to do is say, ladies and gentlemen, Ted Nugent, and then you say goodnight because yeah. Ted's going to just take over the show. And so when we had him last year, that was amazing. And then, you know, one of my favorites was, you know, the guy you never hear from in Motley Crue it was Mick Mars. Oh. So to have Mick on, you know, and he even said to us backstage, he's like, I love talking to people. He goes, i just in a band with three other guys who like talking more than I do, and it just... You know, this weird mystique about me that I'm this the, guy who doesn't the, want the to impress. The times
1: I've met him, he is a sweet, fun, cool guy. Amazing. Yeah, right. absolutely.
4: So, yeah. yeah, so to have, you know, it's almost like he's the hot chick that you can't get, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like,
5: oh, we got Nick Mars. Cool, you know.
4: <laughs>
1: Except, hold on, hold on. We've
4: so, got to
5: break into this podcast for something very breaking important. Breaking news from James. A
1: Starbucks
5: order. Uh-oh. Okay, here we you go. You want the
1: real behind-the-scenes talk is Jericho. Here we are. Starbucks order. Uh, yeah. Just a coffee with, with milk for me, please.
5: You want to? Jim always gets his coffee extra hot. I mean, what? How? What how do you get extra hot
1: coffee?
3: Get, well, because <laughs> by the time you get it, even when they make it, it's not hot. But how right? do they
5: make it extra hot?
3: Well, no, no I get lattes, so they, the machine. Oh, podcast
5: they, on extra and, hot. And you get, and you know, think Trunk
4: is a diva? <laughs> <They get laughs> yeah, okay. a Extra hot latte. Did you hear
1: him slurping the the the, 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 the algae drink cup? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's gonna sound good on the mic. <laughs>
4: I only drank uh, Monster Energy exclusively for caffeine. Yeah, we got another
3: ten minutes to right. be done.
4: Yeah. Ten okay. minutes good. I just want to make sure that people
3: know that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's cool. never hot when you get the coffee, though. Okay. So it's the hottest it. coffee in the world. So you get it super double boiled. No, you just get it, yeah, just make it in the machine. They do it like 180 degrees. And if you say extra yeah. hot, they put it at like 250. I, I
1: didn't notice. That's the stuff you learn here yeah, see? at yeah. that metal show. So if you get be- it that hot, though,
4: it'll burn your vagina. It's happened to me, believe me. <laughs> Many times. I well. get iced
5: tea, so I ask it for extra cold.
1: <laughs> they did extra ice. Who's been some of your favorite guests? You mentioned Ted Nugent. Ted
3: Nugent was definitely, because I've been a, a fan of his since I was a kid, never met him before so that was a huge one Nugent, for me you know Tom Morello was huge I'm a huge Rage fan mm-hmm. he's been on a bunch of times Lemmy. he's great dude Lemmy of course we got,
4: to, we got to have you know cross off the heavy metal bucket list having a Jack and Coke with Lemmy
1: I remember I was in a limousine once we went to do a radio show together and he's like would you like a Jack and I'm like sure and he would you want some ice okay so he's got his hand is all dirty with yeah. stuff all over <laughs> it and he sticks it in the ice bucket and puts the ice in the glass right. and pours it and gives it to him I'm like well hopefully the straight Jack Daniels will kill whatever germs tastes are like stripper. Hand.
3: <laughs> exactly. You know who one guy I missed that would have been unbelievable on the show is Dimebag. Oh, absolutely. If Dime was alive, he how would have great fit he would have been as a guest. And the guy
5: that I always tell these guys all the time, they didn't know him, but I miss like hell and would have been amazing on this show with us, was Eric Carr. Why is because, that? because Eric Carr, well, he was a dear friend of mine, but the reason why he would have been great on this show is anybody that knew him, and you could talk to anybody who who was on tour with them back then and was in the band with him, he was the consummate ball buster. Uh, he was such a prankster. He had so much fun. He always loved goofing around. He loved busting my balls. If you can go back, some of them are on YouTube, old radio interviews he and I did when he would be on my show. It was nonstop ball busting. He'd, we'd take calls from people and he'd goof on. I mean, he was just so much fun. He was so... He was so loose and at such, and just laughed about everything. Um, his attitude, his spirit, he'd be, he would have been amazing
1: with that's us. That's the concept of the show. It's like you said, it's just a bunch of dudes hanging around the bar. You know, I always say it's like the view for, for, for heavy metal. Well,
5: when you talk about the best guests, of course we have the guests that we are all geeked up about. Everybody has those five or six guys who are like, oh my God, this is so mm-hmm. amazing. For me, anybody from Aerosmith would fit in that category. Uh, for have me, you had
1: Steven on the show? We haven't
5: had Steven. I'm still trying, but we had Joe. We had we had pretty much every, everybody, everybody else, but yeah. Steven and Tom. But... You know, for me it's any of the guys from the 70s that I grew up with. The 80s guys cuz I've been in the business since the early 80s. I kind of grew up on the scene with them. We came up together. They're in their end of it, mine and my end of it. Any of the 70s guys. If I'm looking to my left and there's Iomi, uh, there's Sammy Hagar. Um, Sammy was great there's the Joe history. Perry. I mean, but but so y'all have everybody has those personal things, but the guys that are the best guests for the show aren't always necessarily the biggest names. They're the guys that get it and have fun and are loose and have mm-hmm. a good time with you. Mm-hmm. And and it. you don't have to walk on eggshells around them. And that's the case with anything. Your show, what you're doing right now, I'm sure your best podcasts are like that. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, it's I, not a history lesson. It's a conversation. It's yeah. the best
1: quote-unquote interviews. That's, right. that's
4: why when we meet people at rest stops. <laughs> They're, they feel like they come they feel up. They and know they, you. Yeah, they they want they follow you in the bathroom. Like they've already feel like that we're already best friends. We have this kindred spirit because they love the same music right. and we talk on the TV as if it's just a hang. Just a bunch of dudes hanging out. Yeah, yeah, so it's like yeah, if they want to come in the the bathroom and pinch my helmet, you know, it's safe.
1: Hold your wiener for
4: you. Yeah, we're Which all friends. The
5: hardest the hardest thing for me to change from is the fact that doing a couple radio shows a week, doing a podcast now myself, where you just use that word, a conversation, like we're having right now, a conversation, right? The hardest thing for me, doing TV and doing this show, is editing. Because... We, you can't do this on TV. Mm-hmm. You've got a camera with a clock on top of it that says you got three and a half minutes, so you have to get that conversation in yeah. in 180 seconds as opposed to we're sitting here talking for 45 minutes. It's very difficult, and it's really hard for the audience to understand because they'll be like, for instance, we had Marky Ramone on just recently this season. Somebody hit me on Twitter like, I can't believe you didn't mention Dust, the metal band he had before the Ramones. Yeah. Not only did we mention him, we held up the record. But guess what? It got cut out because the editing has to take place because everything is so rigid for time. And, you know, I love to have the conversation. I love to talk. And, and TV, you just can't do it. Tell us about, I mean, we had this experience on the radio, but you guys had Axel
1: Rose on that metal show. And this was actually at an arena where they played, and it was very late early in the morning
5: but back to the radio thing which kind of tied into led into getting them on that metal show because that's how I knew them you and Don were both in the studio when Axel walked into my radio show and that was before we were doing that metal show that's right so that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier how these guys would always come up and hang out on my radio show Don was there that night Eddie called uh, uh, Sebastian called
0: called,
1: Got a text from Axel Rose as we're sitting there talking yep. our typical BS. Axel said he might drop by, and of course, lo and behold, he shows up and stayed on the show for three hours or so. Remember, they had to they had to move back your show's ending. We took
5: extra time. Yeah, yeah. they
1: said they said you keep him on the air as long as you can. It's the
5: only time my program director ever called and said stay on as long as you want.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> Axl Rose was there, and this is when he was super hermit. Like, I remember Sebastian was like, he's the Howard Hughes of rock and roll, man. Yeah. And he showed up and hung out. We talked about Wasp and, and Great White and
5: Iron Maiden and Priest snorting flies with Jack snorting Russell, flies,
1: you know. And then I remember, like, uh, the, the 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 icebreaker was, who do you like better, Maiden or Priest? Yeah.
5: Yeah, and he goes,
1: um, I like Priest better, but the first uh, Maiden record is my favorite out of all of them.
5: Really, and I, like, and I remember wow. I kept yelling at Jericho. If you go back and listen to that interview, because because you know he's so, Chris is so unfiltered sometimes and just blurts stuff out, and I was AKA like drinking, and and I was I was so nervous because. You know everybody knows how volatile Axel can be, and I just kept thinking of like a scene from like the TV show Twenty Four. It's like somebody's going to cut the wrong wire and the bomb is going to go off. So every time Jericho opened his mouth, I was like, "And there's there's a point in the interview where I actually say out loud, Jericho, if you blow this for me, I'm going to kill you because because I, I said I got a bone to pick with you." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's Axl. how you set up a and question. Like, what
1: I said when I was seventeen, I went and saw you guys open for Iron Maiden, and I asked you if you'd sign my album, and you said you'd be right back, and you never came back. Where did you go? And he goes, "Oh, I thought you were going to say that I banged your mom or your girlfriend." Or <laughs> I was like, "No, yeah, yeah maybe he did." <laughs> but so, so here we are, you know, ten years later or so, and you get a chance to interview Axel, which that's prime real estate because he doesn't do interviews for anybody or anything.
5: It was we took a swing with that. Um, the former head of music and talent for VH1 uh, had some dialogue with his manager and said, "We're going to take a shot at getting him. There's no guarantee it's going to happen, but we're going to put you guys on a plane and." It, listen, Axel was change, changing managers like every six months at that point, if that. He said, the guy's going to do his best to bring him out to you. We're going to send John a plane down there. We're going to set up, and we're going to hope that we can pick him off and get lucky. And we went down there, and we set up, and we waited and waited and waited and waited, and waited until about 3 o'clock in the morning, and that's when he finally walked in and uh, and sat down with us. Oh, it was, and, like, it was no,
4: like 5 in the morning. They, didn't, they five. didn't get done playing until almost 8 Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, they, 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 yeah, yeah, on they, on they midnight, ended at 3 a.m. playing. They on a midnight 5.30. 3,
3: 5.40 a.m. They walked in, but I have no problem with that. How many times all of us in this room have walked out of a strip club at six in the morning? If I gotta wait till five forty a.m. the interview with like, Axel, I'm right. okay.
4: Yeah, the first TV interview in over twenty years that he's ever done. So we're like, yeah, we'll be a little tired, but you know, we'll get through it. It'll be all right. We all know he's a nocturnal guy. Even that night from the radio show, we ended up hanging out. I went. I remember going home in the daylight. Bungalow eight. Yeah, bungalow eight. Bungalow and, eight.
1: We had a bigger area than Lindsay Lohan did.
4: And they made her leave at four and said. We could all stay, which is incredible. So that's the power of Axel. So, you know, you know all this stuff about him. And, you know, he he kind of lives by his own rules. So it's like, well, we're here. We could pack up and leave or we can stay and wait for the guy to come out. And then he wanted to shower and stuff because it was for TV. So
5: when he came in, we, we actually had to cut the interview short because we had to catch flights. Yeah, I remember that. VH1 got us really nice hotel rooms. And uh, in Miami, and we never saw him, because we got to Miami, we dropped our bags, and then we had to end up going directly from the arena right to the airport to get home in time and to catch our flights. <laughs> it was crazy. I thought that was funny, too. You guys are just wandering around, just getting interviews with anybody. Oh, we adorable. interviewed the but lighting guy Xavier for Buck Cherry. Yeah, we,
3: we, need, we needed to fill a special, a show, so we didn't know if we are going to get Axel, so we are like, let's interview everybody else in Guns N' Roses, the guys at Buck Cherry, who are opening, and then we'll figure out what happens. But in Axel's defense, like supposedly he didn't know until about 3.30 in the morning that we were even there to interview him until one of his band members said, hey, you going to talk to VH1? He's like, nobody told me. So,
5: Which is and very possible. There's a lot yeah. of people who have said, oh, there's no way. How would he have not known? But if you understand how his management and his stuff worked and understand the way we went down there to do that, very much kind of like, you know, not with no guarantees we were going to get it, it was kind of just being in the right place in the right time, and him, somebody in his camp finally saying, "Well, you know these guys are. Why don't you go? Oh, yeah, it's that guy that you did the radio thing with a couple of years ago. Yeah, go go talk to him. And that it had to kind of happen like that. Um, the the other quick funny thing." Uh, Two minutes. Okay. The other quick funny thing about that is is that Jeff, our producer, just walked in. I remember him because he kept dangling me out there like bait because Axel knew me from the radio show. And Jeff comes up to me and it's like five o'clock and we're like, there's no way the guy's even still in the building. So Jeff goes, come on, you're coming with me. We got to figure this out. So he grabs me. We walk down the hall to where their dressing rooms were on the other side and we walk back and I swear to God, I expected to open up the door and just see everything cleared out. Nobody there. The door opened. It was like a scene out of Almost Famous. There was smoke coming out. People sitting on road cases smoking and drinking. Hey, dude, you want a beer? At this point, I'm up 13 hours. I'm like, no, I want an interview. Where is the guy? And uh, they're like, "Oh, he'll come out. Don't worry, he's still here." I'm like, "He's still here." Oh, I figured he'd be in South Beach by then. Yeah. No, no, he's still here. Come and have a beer. And the three of us, would you know me, uh, me and, and Jeff, our producer, with like bloodshot eyes, were like, "Just get him to us. Just get him to us." But they were kicking back like it was noon. You know? That's rock
1: and yeah, roll. yeah. So, last few questions. I know we're running out of time here. Who is your uh, your your golden uh, golden ticket guest? Like the ultimate guest that you want to see come on the show?
3: Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, have you have you tried to get Eddie at all? I've never, <sighs> never met him. Would love to sit down and interview with
1: him. Because I know, definitely. I know from my experience, the Van Halen camp, they run all through Janie, his wife. The I know, PR,
5: I talked to her very all the time. tight. I'm I've, I'm a, I'm with Jim. My number one guy would be Eddie. Uh, he sent us a rig for our set that is up there. He I'm watches there the show. He ever since these guys did the first field piece out front of Van Halen at the Garden in our first season, which they watched and we I heard it from about it. Um, he watches and everything, but they're incredibly tough to get. But yeah, my number one guy would be Eddie Van Halen. I ask every season, including this season, through his wife, she responds, but it's always no.
4: Well, I would say, yeah, I mean, I always hold that hope, but Ozzy, man, you know, to have Ozzy, I met Ozzy once before, but to have him come and sit, and, you know, we've heard th- from several people, he's a fan of the show. He watches so it. So it would be great, yeah, so Ozzy would be my guy. I
5: would love Ozzy, too, and I would love Paul Stanley, and I would love Gene Simmons and some of these guys that, uh, you know, again, those are the only... We
4: haven't had anybody from Deep Purple, either. It'd be great to, to have Roger Glover and um, Ian come on, that'd be
5: good. It's tough with the guys that don't live in America, like the Purple guys don't, because to then engage, you're really trying to... settle. Brian may there's also we had brian may on from the download special very briefly, um, there's also guys, believe it or not, that shy away from. Even though by now people know that metal show, that's the name, but it's a rock and metal show. There are people that artists that will shy away from the term metal. Um, Jimmy Page is one of them. I've had direct dialogue with Jimmy Page's people. He doesn't will not do anything with the word metal in it. He refuses to. Uh, I I Which would is love because he's kind of one of the pioneers, right? And, and and in the rock world, and people might snicker at this, but I'd love to interview Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi. Course, dude, that's huge. It's, it's huge. I mean that's huge. that. Kind Guy laid the blueprint for what the '80s hard rock you was. To, you don't have to uh, analyze it. But I'm it, saying absolutely. the metal fans would probably not get that well, connection. But you've
1: had, you know, Rick Nielsen on the show.
5: I would, but John's never going to come on and do something with that's metal in the name. That's true. I mean, his his pictures on the light FM radio station billboard outside. It's you a whole other thing now. Ever tried to get Hatfield at all? Uh, James told me at the Big Four show he watches the show. He loves it. Keep doing what you're doing. It's really important. I said, why don't you come on? And he just said, that's Lars' thing for us. Mm-hmm. Lars does that sort of stuff for us.
1: Maybe one of these days. Maybe. Bruce Dickinson, he'd be great. Bruce
5: Again, be amazing, hard yeah. with the guys out of the country, but yeah. we had Steve. We had Adrian. We'd love, love to get Nico.
1: Yeah.
5: A Nico will be a character. Nico wants to do it, but that yeah. all has to run through Rod when Rod's ready to do it.
1: Yeah.
3: Last question. All-time favorite band? Black Sabbath.
4: Motorhead.
3: Trunk come on. One of two. Put the garages aside.
5: Well, I, I've always said a thousand times, Kiss was the gateway to everything for me. I've never denied that. Kiss was the gateway to everything. It would be Kiss or UFO or Aerosmith. Mm, okay. Those who's, three bands. Those three singers of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! I got it. Stop! Jer- Jericho. I them! Jericho. The greatest line was it. Uh, Halloween is my UFO. That's <laughs> <laughs> said to me. Michael Kiske. That's, that's, that's one. We're the other the best two. One. Kai Hansen and Andy Darris. Now, who's in Gamma Ray from Halloween? Uh, Kai Hansen. Okay, I'm just trying to get the lineage. Okay, well, can't See, I me. learned from not knowing the, the S.
1: You guys need more. You need, you need a German power metal guy on your squad. Are you a German power metal guy? Dude, I got a Halloween tattoo. I'm
5: but just that's one. one band. Are you? Well, do you know the, the whole band gamut band of is. German power well, I metal? I know Gamma Ray. Right. That's
2: <laughs> it.
1: All right, guys, we've got a big show today. I know I'm on. I got to get ready too. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. So just because your season-long fantasy football team is out of money don't mean you are. You can still score instant cash and bragging rights if you play weekly fantasy football at DraftKings.com. You can challenge your friends in a custom league, or you can join an existing one to play for your fair share of the billion dollars in prizes up for grabs this year. Yeah, you heard me. Clean out your ears, Junior. I said billions with a B. Billions in prizes. And if you use my promo code Y2J, you can play for free. All right? Playing at DraftKings.com is easy you just pick your contest draft your players collect your winnings that's it done 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 you don't have to worry about injuries you don't have to deal with the waiver wire you aren't stuck with the same lineup every week you can win instant cash this very weekend DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season a millionaire every week you could be the next one but only if you play so here's what you got to do you go to DraftKings.com now and use my promo code Y2J. You play for free with your first deposit in Sunday's million-dollar fantasy football contest. First place takes home hundred grand and a lifetime of bragging rights. So enter Y2J now at DraftKings.com. That's Y2J now at DraftKings.com. This is not fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Thanks to Eddie Trunk, Don Jameson, and Jim Florentine from That Metal Show. Always fun to sit around and talk metal with those guys. Hopefully a season 15 announcement is coming very, very soon but one last big thanks to you guys for listening today and listening every week twice a week and for supporting all of my talk is Jericho sponsors they're the ones who keep this podcast going for you for free all right draftkings.com uh, play for free when you use my promo code y2j great sponsor how about DDP yoga win an autographed copy of DDP yoga by tweeting me your own DDP yoga story at talk is Jericho on the Twitter and using the hashtag podcast one what about bet Dsi use the promo code Jericho 10 to get ten dollars free place your bets play your bets, and then there's Casper.com, the most comfortable mattress you'll ever sleep on. Use my promo code Jericho, get fifty dollars towards the purchase of your mattress. Okay, and of course, thanks to Amazon, longest running sponsor of Talk is Jericho, easiest way to support the show. Uh, you want to use them TIJ links and find them by going to podcast1.com, clicking on the killer deals button, in the top right corner of the page, eh? then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got them Amazon links for the USA, the UK, the Canada. A eh? every time you use the TIJ Amazon links. It kicks back a small percentage of the uh, of the cash to this show to help us cover production costs listen i 've been doing all my holiday shopping on amazon don 't tell anybody i haven 't even gone to the mall yet i 've done all my holiday shopping i 've done them through the talk is jericho links i 'm robin peter to Paypal i don 't care. I want to pass this deal along to you. Do your Christmas shopping on Amazon. You can still get Christmas presents if you got Amazon Prime. Do that all through the talk is Jericho link All right keep listening, uh, keep rocking and keep shopping podcast one. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right-hand corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. Thank you so much. Remember, keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. What's going on around the world? You're going to find out. And what's going on around here? Rock and roll, man. Thanks to all of you for listening. I want you to stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and see you next Wednesday right here on Talk is Jericho for the long-awaited Toronto is Jericho live. All right, Jericho live in front of a live audience in Toronto. Recorded a few months ago. It's a great, great time. It's a little bit of a Q&A. Hosted by Damian Abrams of the punk band Effed Up. He's kind of the uh, the MC for all this. I'm telling a lot of stories. It's a little bit of a Jericho moment. Remember last year I did London is Jericho for my stand-up show. This is the same type of vibe. Toronto is Jericho with special guest Damian Abrams from Effed Up. And of course, Santino Morella will also make a special appearance on Toronto is Jericho this Wednesday. Go check out Star Wars. Go listen to Talk is Jericho and have a good, good day. And thank you and a big yeah! Boy. You can download new
0: episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.